Welcome to CEO Interviews, a production of Gorecom, in which we take the time to speak with small cap executives about what's going on in their worlds. With us today, we have a double banger because Alan Barry Labucan is president and CEO of Advanced Gold, trades on the TSX Venture Exchange under AAX, but he's also an established market analyst that's given that's been asked for a long time, including uh, a lot of appearances on BNN and several other networks, but BNN being the biggest one that I know of. So he's actually got some credibility with me, even though he loses out on stock and picking contests more than he'd like to admit. Um, we're going to talk about advanced gold for sure, but the big topic, and I know a lot of people want to hear from us, is talking about Wall Street bets uh, and what's going on with GameStop and more importantly, what's happening around it uh, in terms of looks like, man, some real uh, manipulated moves to in order to get the people to stop from uh, you know amassing together and getting great things done. So, Alan, let's talk about that first, man. First of all, how are you? Greetings from greetings from Mexico. Well, thank you very much for having me on the show today, George. I always enjoy having a chat with you. We get into some great stuff, and there sure is a lot to talk about these days with the uh, GameStop situation, how that can play a role in the mining sector. Um, I've got a good update for you on advanced gold. And then I'm doing my first ever uh, online conference with uh, rocksandstocksnews.com and uh, got some companies that are sponsoring and presenting so we can talk about that as well. All right, so let's get straight. I wanna ask you about the Wall Street bet situation. Let's go in chronological order, first of all. So I'll ask you quick questions and then we'll discuss them because I want people to understand where, where your thoughts are, where my thoughts are. One, do you think that Wall Street bets by having everybody amalgamate in one place and, and, uh, and, and, and talk about GameStop and how they're all gonna buy it to, in order to force a short squeeze, do you think that was illegal? Do you think that was market manipulation? Um, I haven't really been, you know, on the Reddit site listening to the Wall Street Week, but or Wall Street um, Bet. stocks. But uh, um, no, I don't think you know. Talking about what you're investing in, talking your book, every talking head on television does that, and uh, you know, analysts do inside do reports on the bullish side and the bearish side, and you know, they often front run their own book and. You know, if it's okay for them, why can't it be okay for the average Joe investor? So the argument here is that Joe investor, uh, Joe and Mary investor, uh, specifically targeted a short squeeze and knowing fundamentals aside of GameStop, and that's not worth 50 or 60 or 80 or $100 a share, at least from a fundamental analysis, because it's no one's, it's everyone's right to decide what they think a stock is worth. Uh, do you think the fact that they were going after the short squeeze, not a fundamental valuation of the stock, do you find any problems with that? No, I mean, if you're going to short 100% of the stock, um, you know, in 140, whatever it may be, and, and you get caught, that's your problem, not the person that caught you. Yeah, and I feel just so everyone knows, obviously, as the founder of Agoracom, you know, I'm 100% behind Wall Street bets. This wasn't Wall Street bets, isn't a pump and dump where they said, hey, let's take advanced gold to $5 a share just because and play a pyramid scheme. That would be wrong. That would be 
manipulation, if they, if they had no fundamental reason to believe ABC or AAX is worth $5 a share. But in my opinion, Alan, what they saw was a perfectly exploitable market imbalance, which was a greedy mofo hedge funds led by, um, <laughs> I forgot the name I've talked about the last two days. Well, Citadel is the backer of, uh, anyways, it'll come to mind in a second. But they saw a perfectly exploitable short position by a hedge fund that was literally trying to drive a company to zero. Because if if GameStop is worth 50 or $6 a share, fine. It's not worth zero. And that's where these guys try to take it by gang up on it. So you know what? To hell with them. The Wall Street bets guys saw that they were in a position that they couldn't cover because they're way too heavy on their short. And the only way they're really going to cover that is if it went to zero and didn't have to buy the stock back. So in my opinion, great on Wall Street bets, great on everybody who's jumped in uh, to drive that to drive that higher. And to hell with the hedge fund if they had to go borrow two and a half billion dollars from Citadel because they, were, they, they suffered three and a half. I think the numbers there, uh, the hedge funds were laid on the short up to $5 billion in losses. Uh, so what does that say about how do we dovetail that into the small cap markets? Because we do know that the small cap markets, and maybe we should even talk about silver and gold, but the small cap markets for since 2012 when the downtick rule was removed have been victims of predatory short selling. What do you, what's your opinion on that and, um, and how this impacts the small cap uh, junior resources space? Yeah, it brings up a few ideas to me, George. I, I think this Robin Hood um, firm that did the, uh, that sort of uh, pricked the bubble, if you will. Um, I, I don't think the market has really, the, the audience following it has really seen what, if you follow the money, they don't charge any commission for their trading. So how do they make money? Uh, they make money by selling their uh, their order flow and their uh, and their data to so the. So to be fund. clear, for everyone at home, uh, when they route those orders to uh, to uh, I guess the floor or some trading platform, they get a small tiny commission from that. Yep, and that's certainly not going to cover their nut. Um, the other thing they have, they do is they sell their trade data to the hedge funds. But I think it's even more insidious than that, George, because that's only going to bring in so much and they've got a million or something clients and, you know, that, that takes money. I think they've also been either lending money to the hedge funds for the hedge funds to trade against their clients uh, or there's some chicanery where they're using their own money, the client's money to trade with. And I saw the guy who runs um, uh, uh, Robin Hood and uh, he had some- How bad, was that How bad was that interview? Horrible. It, it, to me, it sounded like they have a liquidity problem. And the only way they could have a liquidity problem is if they were lending the money to their hedge funds friends or using the money to trade with either way it's really bad but i think they'll get to the bottom of that if they follow the money the other question you asked was regarding how will this play into the mining sector the junior mining sector the gold space the silver space well 
they're kind of bullied as well. And I'm really quite optimistic about this idea of on, you know, online gathering of investors that democratizes the investing world. And I think they're going to get wind of the opportunity that's in gold, silver, gold and silver stocks. And because these stocks are so illiquid that, you know, if, if they gang up on a few good stocks, um, you, you could see some tremendous moves. And I think it's only a matter of time before some of those audience groups on Reddit start figuring out how oversold the juniors are, how oversold gold is and silver is. I mean, look, George, these the, the central bankers and the government are printing money and debt like it's going out of style. Gold is maybe a thousand dollars under what it should be really. Uh, and, and we uh, know, so by the way, this isn't just theory. We know that a number of trade desks over the last three, four, five years have been fined specifically for manipulation of the gold and silver markets. It's all, it's all, it's always those fines where they say, uh, uh, where they didn't, we're not guilty. We're not guilty. We're not admitting to a crime, but we're paying the fine. Yes. Right. So we know yeah. that's been going on there. And as we're talking silver right up right now is at $27 up, uh, 3.994%. Right. So it's, it appears as a possibility. We know it's early, but there's a possibility that silver uh, may be the beneficiary, the first beneficiary of this, because gold is up half a percent. Uh, and a lot of people have been talking about taking out the shorts on silver. And man, if that was to happen, silver would explode. Well, I like uh, that. That uh, rings true to me because I'm, I live in the most prolific silver district in the world um, uh, down here in the uh, central Mexico. 10% uh, of the silver that's ever been produced worldwide comes from about a 200 mile radius of where I live. Yeah, and the history, all, all silver in the history focused of the world, on 10% uh, gold and silver. Yes. From, from your district, not from you, right from your district. Yep. <laughs> I'm working on that, George. <laughs> By the way, just to go back, uh, and then we'll, I want to stay here, but I'll go back because I want to add something about Melvin Capital and Citadel. So I don't know if you know this. The squeeze, the short squeeze was on. Melvin was bleeding. They're down $3.5 billion. They went and borrowed $2.75 billion from Citadel, and I don't know if there's a syndicate, but Citadel was definitely the leader, if not the entire thing. When that happened, Al, I said to myself, why is Citadel doing this? We saw the great Volkswagen short squeeze that took the stock to $1,000, uh, what, four, five, four years ago, five years ago? So why would they take this risk knowing that they could be offside three days from now? I was like, that doesn't make sense. Because they were using, I, I think they were using I'll tell you, money. I know the answer. What, I, what we now all discovered, fact, Citadel is the number one financer of Robinhood. Exactly. So Citadel knew in advance. They said, all right, first, we'll shore up Melvin Capital, take 30% of that company for us. B, we control Robinhood, or at least, you know, they got their thumb on the scale. 
So I'll make sure we're not exposed to a thousand dollar short squeeze that puts us into the frying pan by calling up our good friend Vlad at Robinhood and telling him to shut it down, even for a day, just to kill the momentum. Yeah, but George, they still have to get the cash. Okay, so where did the cash come from? For I think, remember that brokerage house that blew up about, I don't know, 10, 15 years, 10 years ago? Term capital management. No, no, the one that um, they were using the funds of the client to trade proprietary trade. Oh, some, yeah, yeah, yeah. Some, that was a commodity, but it was more of a commodities fund. Yeah, well, I think we're seeing, I, I, this smells to me like that because the Robinhood clients aren't trading on margin. So they say there wasn't a liquidity problem. Where, where's the cash? I think the cash was loaned to the hedge funds. You think, nah, I see, I don't buy that. You think Robinhood's not big enough to be loaning cash to hedge funds? Sure they are. They Unless they were maybe handling more shorts for them. They can, they have the, they have the That's client's possible. cash. They have the client's cash. Those are cash accounts, George. Right. They have a lot of cash in their system. I, I think they need to follow the money. And when they do, I think you're going to see some nasty stuff being done in the background. Well, not Congress, just governments have called not on just investigations what people, right now. Not just what people believe about, you know, the phone call to say, hey, stop your people from trading. Uh, that I in think, itself is criminal to me. <laughs> exactly. But I think there's more to the story than that. It. It stinks to me like that same firm that was using the client's cash to trade the commodities and then they blew up. Interesting, buddy. Something is fishy. Bottom line is there's something fishy going on and uh, and they weren't expecting people to collaborate and turn against Wall Street on something like this. So Yeah, um, but the bigger, um, the bigger <laughs> thing to me is how this applies to the to the mining sector. Yeah. And if they think that, you know, uh, a huge short position on Nokia and GameStop and things like that are, are ripe, we're even more ripe in this sector. Uh, gold is more ripe, silver is more ripe. Uh, and I like the democratization of investors. And I think it's, you're going to see, I don't think it's very far away, George, where. I like that they were able to find inefficiencies in the market. Well, yeah. if there's any inefficiency in the market and that could benefit from democratization of investors, retail investors, it's the mining space and the commodity space, uh, gold and silver in particular. Yep, yep. And uh, look, like I said, silver's at 27, uh, up 4%, right? 2706. Yep. So it's and it's dirt up, cheap, up, up George. 4%, I mean, four percent. So it's it's dirt uh, cheap. You know the the. What do you think silver should be priced at? So if there's anyone who knows where silver should be priced at, based on supply and demand economics, just you know, just that alone, where do you think silver ballpark should be? Would be fairly priced? What's a number you'd say? Look, I know you would want a thousand dollars silver because you're the CEO. No, of that's but not realistic. It's a fair number. You'd say that's a fair number. That's where silver should be at right now. Well, based on supply and demand trends and, you know, the push towards uh, uh, cleaner energy and how crucial silver is in that environment, 
Um, you know, $50 an ounce doesn't sound out of line to me. Um, you know, even though silver is trading at $27 and the silver producers are making money hand over the fist, the reality is on the supply side, production is going down. And that's, that's contrary to economics 101. If the price goes up, production should go up. It's going down. And the reason it's going down is there was enough been investment a long, five years ago to, to have production today. Over almost my entire 30-year career, George, has been an underinvestment in exploration and new mine development to replace what the miners are mining. And that's why we're seeing, you know, a healthy silver price, but production is on the decline. Same thing in gold. So you think silver might be making uh, might be making a move here? You think uh, you, you think that are you, are you seeing anything or hearing anything? I mean, look, up 4.5% now, 27.10. Um, do you think this is the beginning of something or is it too early to speculate on if this is the beginning of a move for gold, for silver? I try to look for the trends that, you know, when they're going in our favor. And I think I've been expecting a, an explosive move on gold and silver for quite some time based on the economic. Yeah, you're overdue, right? You, 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 yeah, like, you've been at, on that look, for years and you never, George, that's the, not because you're wrong. And, you know, I'd love to say you were wrong and beat you up about that. But the fact of the matter is, it's just been manipulated. We know that because we have trading desks from London to New York that have been fined over it. Some trading desks even shut down the trading desk over it where they were fined and told, okay, you got to shut down. You may not be pleading guilty. You may not be admitting to guilt. That was the term I wanted to use earlier, but you got to shut it down. We're not going to allow you to keep based on what you guys did. Yeah. And, you know, and the other big thing that I don't think is really priced into the market is the the sloppy and horrible uh, financial situation with, you know, right now the U.S. is trading at 140% debt to GDP. GDP, not growth, George, GDP. They have $28 trillion in debt in a $20 trillion uh, GDP. But devil's advocate, Alan, devil's advocate. I mean, you're 100% right. And if you... And I were trading, were, had debt equivalent to 140% of our, you know, net revenue. worth or whatever the case is. Revenue. Of not our, profit. Revenue. Yeah, of our, of our, I don't, you know, we know that that's not healthy. But the fact of the matter is, for whatever reason, and I, you've got to think, it's because at the end of the day, the global markets, I don't want to say are in collusion, not in collusion, but the, at the end of the day, the global, global markets have said, well, we're just not going to tank America because... If they tank, we all tank. So we're just going to live with this new normal. So is that the reason for gold to rocket? Or has the world just decided 5 trillion, 10 trillion, 20 trillion, 28 trillion? If you take, un if you take unfunded liabilities in the U.S., which means what are unfunded liabilities? You know that you're going to have debts going forward like a father. I may have a mortgage on my house, but I also know I have children, three children who are going to need to go to school, eat, blah, blah, blah. So those are those are liabilities that I know are coming, right? And I have to account for those. If you take unfunded liabilities into account in the, in the U.S., it's ninety trillion, maybe a hundred trillion dollars now. They're never going to meet those, right? Does no. the financial system blow up? Does gold go to ten thousand dollars, or does the world just say, "eh, <laughs> we'll just you live with this as long as we can"? Because I think gold has been losing using that message. 
And that's why Bitcoin is moving the way it's moving. That negative. Yeah, but George, the last time I saw this happen was in the late 1990s. Okay. And then we had a 10-year uh, bull market. And I was wrong for, you know, several years. But what happened then, 19, in the 90s for that 10 years, just for everyone at home? What, what happened when it finally did growth, catch up? Lack of economic, you know, the, the putting the debt on, devaluing currencies. And then you had the supply and demand situation with gold and silver. And, and then we went on a 10-year bull market. Um, this is even better than that. Uh, for a perfect storm for gold and silver to go higher, and, and I also think and was that, that a bull market just for the just for the underlying metal, or was it for the small cap companies as well? Oh yeah, George. I mean, there was lots of money made back then in the nineteen uh, from two thousand and one to two thousand and eleven. Remember, that's when I was a star on TV, where I was, you know, from two thousand and six to two thousand and twelve, I was a regular guest on on BNN, and they sure. wanted to talk about it a lot. Um, and silver 27.25 up 5.5.1 percent, uh, or just over five percent now, climbing yeah. as we're talking, buddy. George, the democratization of online investors they 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 found inefficiencies. One inefficiency is in the gold metals market, another inefficiency is uh, is things like that short situation. So, I'm glad they're finding these inefficiencies, and I think it's only a matter of time before they find the inefficiencies in gold and silver and the tremendous inefficiencies in uh, the stocks relating to those commodities. All right. So let's talk a little bit about the, the junior world right now. Let's talk a little bit about advanced, advanced. It's funny it's called advanced gold because silver is your, your, your main thing. But let me give an overview for everyone at home. Because uh, if I don't give an overview, you'll talk for an hour. I'd rather you talk about the details. So uh, advanced Advanced Gold controls 100% of the Tabascana silver mine, which is, is in Zacatecas, where Alan's actually talking to us from right now. Uh, that's located, you heard Alan say this earlier, in the heart of the world's most prolific silver belt. And that's not just talk, okay? So 25% uh, of the silver ever produced in Mexico has come from there. And 10% of all the silver ever produced in the world has come from there. So. Allen's an elephant country. Uh, and they recently had, uh, I'm going to uh, read the press release, advanced gold to drill below a high-grade gold vein with 1.7 meters of 9.5 grams ton of gold at Tabascana, at Tabascana. So what have you guys got there in terms of gold? Tell, first of all, tell me what you guys have got, and then tell me what, what you guys are doing with the drilling that you announced. Okay, so um, all the mines here are on epithermal vein systems and what we found to date is a in the near surface um, uh, drilling a, ser a series of uh, epithermal veins but by the way that, what's an epithermal vein is that important for people at home to understand yeah it's it's a it's the system that brings the gold and silver to the surface right, so you veins. literally got this these Exactly, exactly. right up from underground and they come off of a heat source that's deeper right and in those veins you tend to have what's called zonation of grade so you have to be in the right place relative to the hot heat source i think of it like a um, boiling pot of water george and when you're in the near surface or the upper part of the system you're in sort of the bubbles of a boiling pot of water 
what you really need to get into is the hot water that's below that. And sort of in the bubbles, the near surface stuff, we found a network of probably 30 veins uh, with widespread wow. gold and silver. You think they all come from the same heat source? Yes. Uh, and uh, so now what we're doing is we're drilling deeper to get closer to the boiling water, if you will. And uh, <clears throat> are you finding more gold or silver in those Actually, veins? Actually, we're finding both. We're finding yeah. widespread gold and silver mineralization. Wow. We have some high grade gold and we've also found some high grade silver. That's what uh, in one of the veins, Pinoles, which is one of the big silver mines, miners here in Mexico, they mine the first 70 meters of our property uh, in the oxides and it had a grade in the 350 grams per ton kind of number, which is fabulously profitable down here. Um, but then the prices of silver tanked and they moved on to one of their other mines and, and then we were able to get it and drill below the oxide cap. And we found this cluster and now we're going deeper underneath the um, underneath the gold hit and then we'll cut across the entire network of veins to get deeper into that that system and how, how deep is that like you talk about twenty thousand leagues under the sea or oh and yeah these these systems can go on for one two thousand meters george uh, where does it start uh, at though does it start at like 500 meters then can go way deeper or they start at surface some of them uh, wow but if you take the mag silver example mag silver is now bringing their one mine into production and uh, their hot zone, if you will, was uh, about 700 meters below surface. And we haven't even got to that yet. But there's another interesting aspect to our project is that we've also found a uh, sulfide zone to the north of that cluster of veins. Right what does now sulfide zone mean? So for people at home, why is that well, important? Then? Sulfur is what comes off of volcanic uh, events and they tend to create very big deposits. And um, we, there's one that's about 10 miles, uh, Tech has one about 10 miles to the uh, east of us. And um, so we know there's big sulfide systems around us as well. And we've tagged uh, some high grade uh, zinc in the past on it. Zinc and silver tend to come together. So we're trying to find that as well. And we've got a couple holes in the lab or one hole in the lab right now that I hope to have some assays reported on next week sometime. So we've got two kind of interesting systems. One is this network of veins, which we're drilling right now. And the other is this sulfide hit to the north of us that uh, looks quite promising as well. Um, devil's advocate though, do you have to, cause you're a smaller company you naturally means you're constrained by resources, both human and financial. Uh, where are you guys going to focus on for now? Um, well, I think probably the vein system, um, because you know we've had our most success tagging veins. We've tagged a whole network of epithermal veins in an area where that's what makes up all the mines, and uh, you know, and uh, they're high grade, low cost and you can make their high margin projects like mag silver when they get into production they're only about 100 miles we're about 70 miles from us 
um, they'll be the lowest cost, the second lowest cost producer of silver in the world. The first one is free at Fresnel PLC and Fresnel is their partner and has a bunch of epithermal vein mines right beside them. So we're oh, in a fabulous- You're right there. How far are they yeah, from you? About 70 miles as the crow flies. Interesting. So you're drilling now when do you, uh, or you're, it says on your January 11th to drill. When you're drilling and when do you think results start coming back ballpark-ish, you know, just for everyone at home, ETA-wise? We are drilling. Okay. And um, I, I'm, I think we, when we put out the assay results from the uh, northern target, I hope sometime next week, I should have an update on, for them, uh, for the market on what we're finding. Uh, it won't be the assay results from them, but we're finding some interesting stuff that I'd like to talk about in a news release. How much drilling do you think you'll have to do until you get to you know, a comfortable amount of data to determine what you've got? And how much is that gonna cost you? Well, that's a hard thing to answer, George. I, I you know, we could hit one hole and, uh, you know, it blows the top off of everything. And, you know, that's kind of what I designed this, we designed this hole for that we're doing right now to get deeper into the epithermal vein system and see if we can get some higher grades. All right, so to be determined, gonna to wait to have you back. And sorry, when do you think you'll start getting results back? Uh, I'm hoping next week to have a okay. news release. So, um, right. The other thing that I think gets lost on people, George, is one of the reasons that I moved down here is I wanted to be close to where there's lots of action. And Yeah, man, if you're not there, if you don't have your ear on the ground and you're sitting in Vancouver, forget about it, you're lost. Yeah, and because we've been down here for a few years now, um, we kind of get approached with a lot of deals. Uh, the deal flow is quite spectacular. And I'm always looking at projects and uh, um, talking about potential deals. And uh, I think that that's something that nobody really gives us any value for, but uh, it's part of the reason why I'm right here in Zacatecas, Mexico. And uh, it's, been a, it's been the last year I've been looking at a lot of projects, George, and um, some of those are advanced. And uh, so keep your ears open. I might have something to talk about soon. Well, Alan, you know, we joke around a lot, right? Uh, tongue in cheek. I like to rib you a lot, you know, obviously, because that's and that's part of what people like when they watch these. But the matter of fact, the matter of the fact is there isn't anyone who's been more grounded in just homework, you know, sleuthing inspecting, finding, uh, pardon the pun, overturning every rock, looking under every rock, right? And, and I've been doing that for a long time down here, George. Yeah, and and uh, you've got something nice going something, on still has Something that I've always prided myself on as an analyst in the sector is that I've picked some big winners. Uh, and I've done that sometimes off of one or two drill holes, first early in their in their development and you know i have a good have. nose for this sort of stuff and um, um now i'm doing it for the company where i'm a big shareholder and get to make the decisions so um yeah i i look at a lot of stuff and turn over a lot of rocks and some of those rocks are looking pretty interesting these days yeah nothing make me happy to see you guys hit out of the park man plus i'm a shareholder i got to make sure everyone home knows that advance is not a client of agoracom i don't know why but uh, I am a share. We are Agora as a shareholder, so I want to make sure people know that. 
um, so that you, uh, you know. Well, I appreciate that, George, and you know, you know I'm working hard for everybody. Um, let's move on to uh, quickly, because I know you got three companies to talk about. You're doing your first online conference. When is it? Where do people find it, first of all? Yeah, they can go to rocksandstocksnews.com. Rocksandstocksnews.com. Yeah, there's an event page on there and they can just sign up their email. There's no charge for it. And um, it kind of gets back to what we were talking about earlier, George, the, the shift towards online. Remember when, you know, you and I first met, it was you know, I believe the shift towards online. <laughs> yeah. I believe yeah, exactly. 15 years and look where we are, right? And exactly. it's only going to man, it's going to go way deeper. It's going to hit I another we gear were, in a couple of years. We were, we were well ahead of our time, George. And uh, now the market is coming to us. And like, I don't do those uh, live shows anymore because for one, you can talk to a lot more people in this camera here and then email it out to everybody. And, and, you know, when you go to a mining conference, you're trying to talk to as many people as you can. And you might talk to 20 people in a, in a mining conference. It costs you several thousands of dollars. These online events are much cheaper to, to produce and the reach is much more significant. So the market is really coming to us, the online guys that have been putting together content for a long, long time now and you have a forum with Agoracom where those investors can get together and talk about companies and uh, that's why I put this online conference together to bring companies to the the investing community and uh, you know I have I'm a pretty good question asker and uh, I'm, I'm I've got a good group of companies uh, I've got three sponsors and three okay, presenters. Let's talk, let's, we we got to talk about the three sponsors. Yeah, well, I'd like to give a little blurb, blurb about the presenters. Yeah, yeah. Let's as give well. us give us a minute blurb on each. You know, so okay. we have a good understanding of what each is up to. Okay, on the uh, sponsor front, one of my sponsors is Amex Exploration. Ah, I our start, good friend. I started covering them when they were announcing their first drill holes. They were fifty cents a share. And now they're $3.25 a share. And they have found the best uh, high grade continuity of any of the companies that I cover. And yet they still have a reasonable valuation. Where do you think, think they should be? Where do you think now? See, you're not allowed to talk about advanced gold and price projections as your company, but. Yes. Uh, you can talk about Amex exploration. Where do you think uh, you know that that stock goes in the next twelve months? I think they found a new high-grade gold mine in Quebec that has road access, cell phone access. I think it's ultimately going to be a high-margin, high-grade gold mine, and I think somebody else is going to develop it, and that they're going to buy this company out for more than a billion dollars. And right what, now, they what would that put them at for share price? Because I don't know how many shares that's about four hundred percent from where it's trading right now. They have about so you a two. Think you think that that's a fourteen dollars stock right now? You think it's somewhere twelve? Let's call it twelve to fifteen dollars. Yes, I do. If not wow. more, they just had news out that not only do they have these zones of veins with high grade in a known area, they have regional exploration. They try tested one of their regional exploration targets. And bam, they hit some more high grade. 
I think this is a multi-million ounce, uh, high grade, high margin gold mine in the making. And those sell for more than a billion dollars. I, I followed, remember Gold Eagle? I followed them from the time they were into their first drill holes and they were ultimately bought out for 1.2. And I think this is a better situation. Um, so yeah, I think a billion dollars is uh, in the cards, if not significantly more. You think within a year or will that, how long, uh, how long would that take? Well, it's always hard to say, George, uh, but I think a year from now, they're going to be well north of a half a billion dollar valuation. They've got 10 drill holes running, 10 drills running right now. They've got $30 million or something in the bank. They're funded for all of their drilling for the rest of this year. The news flow is going to be exceptional. And I think with higher gold prices that, this is the kind of thing investors should be owning. And that's our good friend, Victor Cantori over there. So, uh, yes, sir. Yes, good sir. guy, man. Like, I let's love that talk Victor about, guy. yeah. And, and Who's next? I, I've become, become real good friends with Kelly Malcolm, their VP exploration. And uh, Kelly is the one who's going to be on my conference. Oh, I forgot to tell her when. That'll be February the 15th. It'll go live. Um, but Kelly is one of these young geologists. That's another thing I've always prided myself on George's seeing um, geological talent before the crowd does. And Kelly is a young guy and he's super smart. He's found something exceptional. I think he's got a great career ahead of him and I'll be continuing to watch that closely. Right. Another one is Ridgeline Minerals. Now you've, you've known By the me way, to talk- talk symbol on Amex. Uh, on Amex. AMX. That's okay. I want to make sure. Yeah. Okay. AMX or no? Ridgeline Minerals. RDG is their symbol. I've never even heard of uh, Bridgeline. Never heard of it. Well, in a way, you have, George. Um, You know, I've talked a lot about uh, Premier Gold over the years. Right. Is this a spin out? No. The guy who was their exploration guy in Nevada, their geologist that worked for them for 10 years and found a lot of gold. He started his own company called Ridgeline Minerals. And two of my mentors in the business, one is um, Ewan Downey that runs Premier yeah, Gold. Yeah, you, you, you've always been fond of him in a big way. He's a really smart guy. Excellent explorationist. And another great explorationist is uh, um, Andre Gaman that run, sure. ran Virginia Gold. And both of those guys have invested in Ridgeline Minerals. And what they have a unique sort of business plan. And their stock symbol, Alan? RDG, Robert David George. Okay. And um, what their business plan is, is he and a driller friend of his started this company. They're the co-founders. And so they're trying to keep their drilling costs down and they're doing their work on really good quality projects that uh, Chad Peters, the CEO has been uh, amassing. And recently they started drilling on one of them and they found something that looks quite interesting on the early days of drilling on two of their projects in, in Nevada. And uh, so I like their business plan. I like their quality of their projects. I like their valuation. And I like that they're well-funded by some smart people and uh, they're going to be drilling up a storm this year. And I think this is a real breakout year for them. And 
they have a and they just started 20... listing right it looks like because uh, yeah. I, I, I was punching it up looks like they started trading on uh august 17th so they're pretty yeah. new they're a brand new company and uh trading near their value. lows but that's a good thing for people hearing this for the first time exact and uh i think you're going to see a lot of good news out of them this year and i'm really proud to have them as a sponsor and i I really like Chad Peters because he got his education in, in exploration from one of the most talented explorationists I know, which is Ewan Downey. All right. Who's the third company? Third company is Sokomen Minerals. Sokomen is... Ah, good old Sokomen. What's, what's, their, what's their stock sum again? SIC. And uh, there are I remember I bought one. a couple hundred thousand shares of that at 15 cents last year. So I'm doing okay. It's at 23 right now, but and I man, think you're gonna... real great fan for it. Let me go back to chart a year ago or a little longer that. Yeah, I think oh, I started no, covering actually, them. They broke out from, let me see, where was that to one? Ah, oh, there it is there, man, it's been a while. So back on, uh, back in August, 2018. Yes. They skyrocketed to a high of 42 cents. Right, from about what, a nickel or something like that? Yeah, from uh, from three and a half cents in May go. just before that. So that was, yeah, a, what, that was what and I bought it 15 cents based on what you told me to buy. What I what caused that action was they made a new discovery of high-grade gold in Newfoundland on a project that's right beside the road. Again, road access, keep your costs down, cell phone coverage. Um, that's one of my themes of the group of companies that I've uh, brought to my conference and have a good tight share structure. Uh, uh, Sprott, Eric Sprott put money into the company back then. And since then they've been going along, they find some hits, they get some real good high grade, but they haven't really found the, the haven't really figured out the system yet. And I think they're on the verge of doing that, George. And with the high-grade gold that they have, when they figure out the system, it's going to be explosive because it won't take very long with that kind of grade for them to start adding lots of, lots of ounces of gold. And uh, I love high-grade. I love projects that have road access where you can drill a lot, keep your costs down, don't blow up your share structure. That's exactly what Sokomen is doing. And I think this is going to be their best year ever. I think they're wow. going to figure okay, so out you the, think they're going to pass their 50, their all-time high of 42 cents. And make significant new highs. They're they're really figuring out. I actually saw a correction, everyone at home. Their high uh, of 42 cents back in August of 2018 was the highest it's been since back in 2013. But back then they were trading as high as $1.80. So I would say, you think it's gonna surpass their most, their, their five, six year high of yeah, 42 George, cents because and blow past that. High grade, low cost, infrastructure rich projects are not easy to find. They're what I focus on uh, because I think all investors should focus on those things because it helps them not to have a blown out share structure. And one of the most destructive things for juniors is having a blown out share structure. And so these companies and the other uh, three- Sokoman's got 140 million shares, plus they probably got some warrants. So let's say, let's say 150, 160. Is that still under, like, what do you consider blown out share structure? If it gets over what, a quarter, well, 150 million? Over shares? a quarter billion and, and then trading at a couple pennies where they can never finance. These guys, 
with the high grade gold, they'll have no problem financing it. And they're looking for something that, you know, could put them into half a billion to a billion dollar valuation kind of thing, much like a, I think they're kind of like an early Amex. And uh, wow. in that kind of a scenario, you're looking at a few dollars to. Because right now the market cap is $35 million. You, th you think it could be 30 times higher than it is today? Well, I think 10 times could be in the books if they figure out this system and start tagging high-grade gold like I think they can. And uh, so that's why I like Sokoman and why I invited him to my show. Buddy, amazing having you on. As always, like really great information. Talking about GameStop, talking about Wall Street bets, the democratization of retail investors, advanced gold, talk about the company, uh, gold and silver. And, and then lastly, the last three companies you talked about, man. Uh, we got to do this more often, but great info and, uh, and good luck with the conference, man. I wish you a ton of success with that. Well, thank you very much, George. And uh, I'm always available. You just have to send me an email and you know me, uh, you put a microphone and a camera in front of me and I'm ready to talk. And uh, it's because I love this business so much. I mean, I, I don't really think that I'm, I'm I, it's not really like I have a job, George, and I work all the time, but I don't really look at it as work. I'm very fortunate nice. to do what I love. I follow the sector. I follow the industry. I follow the investment market, and I get to poke holes in the ground looking for buried treasures with my own company. So I'm a pretty happy guy living down here in Mexico, and the food is great, and uh and, and you've lost are, like 100 pounds when you're there. So I got it all kidding aside. A, congratulations. B, that just tells me that, you know, you're happy in advance. Things are going well. I mean, you're, you're treasure hunting. You're not under stress and the company's not failing where, you know, the first thing we do is pile food into our mouths. So, so that's a good sign, man. I mean, I love the changes you made in your life to move to Mexico, uh, to have your ear to the ground. It's your own deal. You no longer talk about exclusively talk about other people's deals and i'm looking forward to what advance uh is going to be able to pull off here in the next 12 24 months man yeah my company is in a unique position my my research is in a unique position and george i think we were ahead of the crowd by by many years but the market is now starting to gravitate towards this online forums online uh commentary and I'm really excited about the industry and what I'm doing and with my research and what I'm doing with Advanced Gold. Buddy, can't wait to have you back and can't wait to have you back maybe in a couple of weeks when Advanced puts out its next set of drilling results. So let's hopefully celebrate some, uh, some really good news and, and, uh, and really good progress, man. Have a, have, a, have a great day and have a great weekend. Same to you, George. Thanks a lot. Thanks to all the viewers. Everybody have a great day. And... Don't forget the uh, disclaimer, George. It's important for investors to do their own homework, speak sure. to their financial advisors, and do their own homework. This is the kind of stuff. Yeah, that full disclosure, can... the companies that uh, Alan mentioned, I bought a couple of thousand years of supplement. I might still have them. I don't even know. Uh, but uh, if, if I'm going to presume for this, I do. And therefore, you know, don't list anything we had to say about I didn't talk about future valuations, Hockerman, but still, just so you know, the other companies that I that didn't have uh, any exposure to them personally, but yeah, you know, everyone at home, you a, gotta, don't go mortgage I'm your house and anything. Do your due diligence, talk to an advisor, and talk to your partner. I'm right? a big share. I'm a big shareholder of a dance, 
I don't own any of the shares in the companies that I sponsored, but you can rest assured that I am biased in my opinion and that I want to be right. And uh, I've, been, I, I've been that way for a long time and I, I don't let my bias, uh, I let the, the truth machine set me free, George. Which and is so, the drill, which is the, yep. drill, the truth machine. Everything else is just a bunch of hot air. All right, you my man. It. Thanks as always, brother. Have a great day, George. Thank you. And to everyone watching at home, thanks for tuning in. Hopefully it's a valuable use of your time. I'm sure it was. See you next time.